Hey, guys and guy. Hey, John and guy. Do you want to know what kind of underwear I'm wearing right now? Not in the Yes, you do. Because I'm wearing Mac Weldon. And if you're not wearing Mac Weldon, it's better than what you're wearing right now. If you are wearing Mac Weldon, then it's exactly the same. And it's fabulous. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. And it is quite simple, and they have great customer service. Um, I love going to their site because I love all their products, and I am a happy, happy Mac Weldon customer and wearer. The shirts feel so good. The underwear feels so good. The socks are great. Everything is good. You should get all of this stuff because all of their products are naturally antimicrobial, which means that they eliminate odor and, you know, I'm not saying it's a problem for you guys, but, you know, it it could be. Uh, They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. Uh, They're great for working out, for going to work, going on dates, everyday life. They're good for everything. So go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code REBOUND, like the name of the show, REBOUND. And you will be uh, very glad that you did, because if you're not wearing them, you should be. So there. I like that we get to start every show talking about underwear now. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly underwear that I actually like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. We don't like to to talk about things that we don't like, so we won't talk about bad underwear on the show. That's right. Only good underwear. I was going to ask you guys about what do you think about Viv? Or did you see the demo for Viv? Oh. The uh, the Siri, the new Siri sort of replacement by the guys who originally made Siri. Oh, by the yeah, the, by the Siri, the old Siri people, the new Siri by the old Siri people. Meet meet the new Siri, better <laughs> perhaps than the old Siri. Well, and that's a problem, right? I I mean think so yeah well, i mean wait. this is this I mean, is a from, continuing from... theme that we keep hearing is that siri of all the current um talkie assistants is um not Tech, the best term. guy yeah. you wanted yeah. guy were you objecting was that uh well i just wanted to establish the perspective of i mean it's a problem from apple's perspective yes not not from the world. <laughs> like, uh, thank you for putting not, that in the context. You know what I mean? Like, this is not actually a problem. It's, it's a problem for Apple. Um, yeah, so these guys uh, started Siri, got bought by Apple. Siri got wrapped up into... Um, Siri used to be its own company, like in its own product, and it got wrapped up into... Uh, uh, the, 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 what do they call them now? Like the automated assistant that it's on the devices right now. Uh, and a few years later, these guys left the company and started something new, Viv. Which, which seems like it kind of uses Siri as a launching off point, but it's much better about being... Um, it's one of the highlights of it, besides the fact that it seems to have sort of even better natural language processing, um, is that it works very well with a number of services. Obviously, they've made deals with a lot of different people to sort of tap into databases of information. But also the the thing they were sort of showing off was the fact that the it sort of learns as it goes um, and it can refine mm-hmm. and and improve, you know, the information it has available or like its understanding of you as it goes. 
And that's kind of been a problem. Siri, I don't feel that Siri has gotten smarter since it was introduced. And it's, let's, you know, not to say like we're expecting a lot here, but Siri is almost five years old. That's a long time. I think Siri's expanded in, in you know, and in, to, to include other partners. Right. Uh, Viv seems to be more of an open system. It's more like a, there, there's an API aspect to it where you can plug in and, and integrate with it more. On top of what you're saying, which is um, uh, being able to parse like more complicated sentences, and and you get uh, that sort of decision node tree of uh, uh, trying to like when you parse a sentence, there's any number of things it can really mean, kind of thing. And like a well, human, yeah, will, like, language like, is hard. <laughs> yeah, like it'll uh, like a human will. Okay, there's like eight things it's going to mean, and then you know you'll you'll. As a human, you'll pick the right one because it's, you know, it just is correct. And um, usually I'll pick the right one. Not often. <laughs> yeah, well, no, not all the time. Where, not all right, the time. Which is like partly the fun of being a human. And you actually, you know, sometimes you insult somebody and you don't mean to. But, the, you know, uh, this system kind of does the same kind of thing. Uh, and more than that, it seems that, like, rather than just getting to, like, one endpoint with some hard-coded partners, uh, it can reach out into other services, um, which is a really hard problem to, to tackle and one that, after Siri was introduced, people really wanted an API. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I even wrote a piece on my... I don't know, biannually updated blog that, like <laughs> saying that like don't expect an API for Siri for a long time because it's an incredibly hard problem. Well, but these guys seem to have solved it. So the question is, yes. do yeah. we think, I mean, so there's a couple different viewpoints you could take. You could say Apple, you know, set up this system Siri and then just kind of let it roll, did some minor updates in terms of adding new partners, but has basically been letting it stagnate for a while. And the thing that sort of lends credence to that as a theory is that, so many of the people who were working on it left, mm -hmm. including to go back to this place. Um, but I have, I've heard rumors recently, people suggesting maybe an API would appear at WWDC, but I just feel like that's, if that was the case, then, you know, those people may, might not have left in the first place. Yeah. I don't so know. Is this, do we have any sense of what their attitude is? Are they, are they embittered or are they doing, are they just trying to, to, to run through the mill again? <laughs> I, I knew a guy who worked at Apple on Siri um, and who now works at Viv. And I think I'm going to say, and this is sort of just my overwhelming impression of it from the discussions I've had with him and not that he said anything concrete about it, but more just like gauging his attitude. I uh -huh. think they were bored. Like, I think yeah. they just didn't like, for whatever reason, they were not being challenged or asked to deliver things that were super interesting. And what they were doing seems like maybe just a lot more, ticking boxes they do mention in a couple of places that you know they sat down the founders of siri when they got acquired you know sat down with steve jobs at the time and talked about what they wanted and thought they were all on the same page and maybe later determined perhaps not so much mm -hmm. um, because siri itself i think had a bunch more in the way of capabilities and extensibility when it was a standalone than when it got bundled in and certainly being bundled in made it available to a lot more people right because i think the challenge right. here is no matter how, if your thing is really good, you know, I'm thinking about stuff people talk, we've talked about Hound a couple of times. Um, and Hound seems pretty good in terms of its ability to like do parsing and stuff like that. But because it's not built in, that really hampers its adoption. Right. 
So Viv has to be so good that it can overcome that challenge of not being built in. And I had the weird experience of watching this, you know, happen on screen and thinking, oh, man. Apple, first thought was Apple should buy these guys and then realized, wait, no, that's how we got into this situation in the first place. Maybe Apple shouldn't buy them. And I felt really uncomfortable with the idea of like, for once saying like, oh, maybe it's not great if the company I usually like buys this other company doing this great thing because yeah. then we'll just go around in circles. Well, that could be okay, right? Like, Well, if it gets baked in though, I think that's a lot of, yeah. and if it gets baked into the operating system, it becomes much more useful to you. So you get yeah. something out of that, but then the problem yeah. is that they it don't. Begets, they don't. Can, they don't. They're, they don't seem very committed to building on that, at least internally. It's a bad sign that these guys left and then did something awesome, and <laughs> yeah. now the and now the question yeah. is like, who? Okay, so is Apple going to buy them, or is Amazon going to buy them for Alexa? Mm. Uh, Maybe. You know, that's. I mean, good. Apple, like, you know, Apple during the 90s was famous for having a whole bunch of people who were running around doing little side projects um, on stuff. And, and like and they kind of used to make a big deal out of that and think that uh, that was super great that they had all these people who were doing these skunk work projects. Um, and now it kind of seems more like they don't have as much as that. And they just look outside and try and acquire stuff, which seems like a better business decision. Um, well, okay. I mean, but let's then, look but at then, the two different well, because, because, like the, uh, the Apple in the nineties, not good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, they they and did I think, have a lot I think of the problem was that it was all it was it was none of it was directed. Right. Yeah. Um, and this way they can they I think they feel like maybe they can look outside and see the new stuff that's coming, and say, oh, that's a neat technology. Let's get that. But well, the problem I mean, is that if you're going to do that, then you got to you you have to still run with that ball. Yeah, you can't I, just you I can't agree. just take it and spike it. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless it's a game where you can't run with the ball and you have to like establish a pivot. <laughs> like, let's let's really let's really dig into this metaphor, right? Oh, God, frisbee. If you're if we golf. I love that you like frisbee golf. <laughs> I'm not frisbee. I mean, it's ultimate frisbee, dude. There's a difference. I know. I know. I'm I'm push up push it up my glasses on my forehead right now. Yes. No. I. I agree with John, but so with touch technology, they acquired a company and really ran with it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what it was with the Siri, but it maybe it loops back into that whole services argument. Yeah, it strikes me as yeah. like more of a management thing than an, like they had the talent, clearly. There's no reason they couldn't have developed oh, yeah. it out. It strikes yeah. me as more of sort of a managerial, like either it wasn't prioritized or they weren't given the support they needed, or it wasn't organized in a good way, or whatever. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a technology problem. It seems like a like a business problem for whatever reason. Um, and also that that was probably around the let's see, that was 2011. So that was probably around the time that stuff was kind of going down. With was that around the time like with Forstall leaving and stuff like that? I'm trying to remember when he hey, actually uh, left. Uh, I should ask. I should know better than to ask factual questions of things. He left in October 2012, so probably. Yeah, I was gonna say it was because it was after Steve was dead. Yeah, right. So, Steve, but there yeah. was probably some friction post. I mean, if the series launch was in 2011, there was probably some friction already starting in the next year, and it might have, in some ways, hampered uh, the development or the building out of that. And there was some reorganization after that too. So maybe they just sort of got lost in the shuffle. I don't know. Yeah. 
But I, I mean, I'm excited by the possibility just because as we talked about a lot before, I think voice interaction is going to be a huge deal. Uh, and I, you know, we, I want Siri to be better. Um, I'm not satisfied with saying like, oh, it's annoying at these things because there's a few things that it does really well, but it does not feel substantially improved to me since its debut. Like there are some minor improvements. It had got some more capabilities, but it hasn't really, we haven't really seen a 2.0 product from it. One, one issue could be, and I, I don't know this, so I just want to make clear that I'm just speculating. Uh, uh, Viv may require, or like this kind of approach may require um, more information available on the server side rather than the client side. Mm, yeah. Which I think for Apple would be a problem because of their whole stance against, uh, they really don't want to know anything about their, their, you know, their clients or the customers. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what you mean. Customer, customer. Yeah, it's, like a, it's, a, it's client, a privacy yeah, issue yeah, effectively. Yeah, like right. they don't want their servers being able to reason, mm-hmm. like given a random arbitrary sentence, they don't really want their servers being able to reason about a customer's desires. Because once you've got that, I mean, man, yeah, like, you sub- become sub- subpoena that and like, yeah. forget it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's bad. Plus I'm sure companies are really interested to know exactly how much you know about all your users. Right. So, yeah. So I could see that being a blocking point within Apple, at least as they were trying to develop this. And maybe these guys were just like, ah, oh, screw it, we're going to go. Uh, not, that they're, not that they're bad people, but just that they, they have yeah. conflicting like, mm-hmm. goals yeah, well, in terms of like, yeah. what they want. This is their know? thing, and they want to take it to the next level, yes. and the next level requires that. Yes, or they can't find it. They can't yet figure out mm-hmm. a way to not do it, or, or Apple was like, too hesitant to, to even try to go there. You know? So yeah, I could see that being a stumbling block. But uh, somebody's going to capitalize on this. Yeah, I'm curious to see right. what happens, whether these guys... So right now, I guess they're venture-funded, but they're. I'm curious to know if they end up acquired, if they end up, I mean, putting out this platform as an app, if they license it. I don't know what the initial plan is for this as far as it being a... If it's a consumer-facing product, that's, they haven't really said that yet. So I think it's interesting... It may be something that gets built into other apps. I don't know. It's interesting that the two companies that are considered the leaders of the customer-facing companies are, are Amazon and Google, whereas like the two companies that were big throughout the 2000s, um, Microsoft and Apple, are really not comparable to those other two. And it's got you know it's got a lot to do with the different I think the different business models. And what in what way do you think they're not comparable? Well, I mean, you know, just like in terms of what everybody says about which ones are better. I mean, I mean, it seems like Alexa and um, Google now are considered superior voice recognition technologies than Cortana or Siri. Yeah. Well, it's not the voice. It's the AI. Yeah, right. It's the rest of it. Yeah. Because Viv uses nuance. Yeah. It's not so much the voice recognition that's a problem. It's the... Yeah. What you do with it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. How you turn that into action. Nuance is like the big... 800 pound gorilla in the room of voice recognition that has all the patents and people have to license basically. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew I would use the wrong term, but yeah. Yeah. No, no, we no, also no, knew no, you no, would no, use I'm the not, wrong no. term. No, John's wrong. I'm not it's correcting okay. you so much as like Paul agree. John me. is wrong. That's okay. We recognized what John said and it was wrong. Oh, God. Uh, well, um, guy, I hear you. Um, I hear you're getting uh, Apple pay potentially. Oh yeah, uh, in Canada. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, oh. you personally. I hear you were signing up for Apple Pay. Tell us more. No, I heard Canada is um is getting on the Apple Pay train in a big way, in a bigger way, in a bigger way. You'll have to tell me how. Uh, Let me yeah, tell you. So how. we had we had one we had one card that worked with it. So the thing in Canada is it's a little bit weird because our credit cards for years now have had NFC chips in them. Right. So we I literally just I go to the liquor store every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, do you even I have just, to pay in that socialist paradise or they just must, hand you your I, ration yeah. of liquor? Actually, actually, they know you there right you have a you have an account don't you yeah that's embarrassing that's the embarrassing bit they're like g-man guy how's it going the usual so, sub, dude yeah um but no you can just hold your credit card over the noc scanner and it works so it's so, not much of an improvement. Is that what you're saying? It's not a huge leap for us, no. Yeah, but yeah. I am happy to to get Apple Pay. That is good. Uh, previously, it only worked with I forget which kind of card. Well, it says today that they added um, RBC and CIBC, which RBC I guess is my bank, Royal okay. Bank of Canada. There you go. Yeah, of course I had the Royal Bank of Canada. Why would you? Whatever. I don't want to do an ad, but it's called the Royal Bank. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Why honor, would you go with anybody else? Is that what you're saying? Honor your queen. Just honor your queen. <laughs> um, and there are three more of the big ones are coming in the next month or two. Um, so yeah, I guess that's I, that's I, good. You know, it, I, it is good. I mean, I'm I'm being a little bit facetious there. But yeah, you still got to take your wallet out and take the card out. You don't have to swipe it and put in numbers or anything. Does right. the NFC version but, in the cards do the same sort of security stuff that Apple Pay does? Uh, so my understanding is that, um, yes, the, well, okay. So not entirely, but <laughs> the phone, when you pick a card, basically, uh, makes the NFC emitter in the phone be identical to what the card would be doing. Okay. Now, uh, Apple does a bit more, I mean, you need to unlock it with your thumbprint right so somebody can't just take like if somebody punched me in the face and took my wallet they could which they happens could, every morning on the way to the liquor store yeah it usually happens on the way back from the liquor store actually. that's why you have to go back every day it well, makes I start drinking in the alley between the liquor store and, my and I'm like, somebody always takes my wallet so um but yeah somebody could just i mean there's no proof of identity of using my credit card with the nfc chip it's higher than, I think, I forget what it is. It's higher than a pin because you need to actually have the physical thing with you. Gotcha. But uh, it's so, I mean, it goes arbitrary random signature, right? Where they just write down the numbers and you sign it. Right. Then there's pin and then there's NFC. And I think Apple Pay is like at a slightly higher level than that because of this secure enclave and the, the fingerprint scanner. Right. It's got a biometric addition to it, right, that makes it harder to do. Even the watch, even if you do it with the watch, you've unlocked the watch through your phone. Right. Or you use and your, it's on your pin wrist. On there. And if you take yeah. it off your wrist, it, it doesn't work anymore. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I feel like this is, there's a really good opportunity for Apple and Apple Pay right now yeah. in that we've had this sort of slow transition to the chip cards here, which you guys yeah. have had forever. Um, but. I mean, now using those more and more, at least at the places which accept them, which still isn't everybody, which boggles my yeah. mind, it's yeah. it's slow, and it kind of sucks. And we also don't have chip and pin mandated in most places, 
Um, oh, so it's we just have, chip yeah. and signature. So you, it's it's functionally not that different from swiping your card and signing like you did before. Um, it's now you put in your card, you know, dip, I guess is the accepted nomenclature. And oh, that one? <laughs> yeah. And then, but it takes a really long time. Like unlike sl- swiping a card is super fast. Putting the card in and waiting for the chip to do its whole thing here is super slow. And so it's the like skull, the skull people haven't sued over that. <laughs> yeah, not, nice. not yet. Well, yeah. I think some of that's got to be the client programming that's weird because you put the chip in uh, the you put the card in the machine i think it scan it reads it to see if it's legit and then while you're doing your interaction it's still in the machine right it takes a while like i put yeah you're you're stuck with your yeah, card because I mean, we went to you. starbucks starbucks is one of the few places yeah. that i i've experienced um that where you, it where it actually has a system that's designed for chip and pin or chip or chip the chip i guess because um you don't actually enter the pin but I think that's mostly just because the usually what you're buying at Starbucks is less than a, whatever the amount is, like 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah, some places yeah, don't so mandate anything. I'm not yeah. sure why that is. I think maybe those, uh, like the device you stick the card in. Suck. Well, A, they suck. <laughs> but B, I think there may be a limitation in that, like, they're not allowed to copy the information off the card. Probably for security reasons. That would make right. sense. Right. Like, so they need the card for like, okay, I'm going to verify it. Yeah, this is the thing. Oh, rather than okay, holding it. Okay, now I'm going to go do all my bookkeeping and then call up my friends. Oh, so it does the whole thing. Bureau and it goes rather than end. sort of storing it in memory and then rather checking than storing it. Yeah. in memory. Yeah, I think yeah. that could be. Interesting. That, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Well, yeah. I don't know why that would be different. For, I mean, like, I don't know. It from seems a mandated like... banker point of view. Yeah, I can see the. It just, why, it seems know? super dumb to go to chip in the chip system here when everybody else is like, yeah, we're already going to NFC. Like, <laughs> we, we've well, passed that. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a very fragmented banking system. Yeah, that's part of the yeah. big problem. I mean, we have, because yeah. we have different vendors for cards. Uh, there's all sorts of different payment vendors, right? Like, so all everybody's got their own, you know, all these retail places get their you know, deals with whoever provides their actual physical hardware, right? And those hardware yeah. differ, and some places have invested in ones that do NFC and chip, and some places have only invested in the ones that do chips, and some of them have NFC but don't work with Apple Pay because they have their own deals with their, you know, these other systems like Current C, and it's just, it's kind of a mess right now. This is how, this is how empires fall. <laughs> that's that's uh... basically... Yeah, it's, uh, actually, yeah, complicated, complicated <laughs> um, legal bad, arrangements, bad payment processing, <laughs> that that stymie prog- progress. And so I, you know, I, I don't want to get into the big bank situation, but uh, <laughs> like we have a few very big banks, but we regulate the hell out of them, basically. Uh, and you guys seem to have like a little, uh, like each state's got different banks and all that, so that makes it harder to ever come up with one system and get everybody system to sign across on, yeah. everything yeah because mm-hmm. i remember mm-hmm. traveling in the states to this i don't know to this day but for like a long time there were atms i could use with my debit card and like some i couldn't like oh I just, yeah i, yeah, I, I don't know I, just, I think i think now you can use them in, like, in any, just, any of them but yeah. they'll charge you i mean <laughs> oh oh well, it's just okay like, that's a separate issue yeah you will get yeah. I, you get charged out the wazoo yeah but they were like ones that i literally couldn't go to yeah, there were different. There used the, to be um, different networks, but I don't think it's like that anymore, is it? Dan, do you know? I don't know, but uh, I not, not yeah, that. I don't think it matters anymore, really. Yeah, yeah, I de- I distinctly remember that, like back in the nineties. I haven't but, had yeah. that problem recently, but yeah, yeah, like that sucked. I'd be like, uh, 
there's a bank machine right here. I've got a card and I can't get money out of it. So I've got to walk like four blocks to try to find another bank machine. Nowadays, and roll just the dice because nobody knows which, like, you can't ask somebody on the street, hey, uh, does this support Interac? Like, I, don't, well, <laughs> I don't know what that is. What, what, is what that? are you, some sort of crazy spaceman from the future? Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, while we are talking about the future, let me talk to you about the future of sleeping. Go on. And that future is brought to you by Casper, our other sponsor today. Uh, a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. It's award-winning sleep surface. I, yeah, I, I'm going to call it a mattress. It's award-winning mattress was developed in-house, has a sleek design, is delivered in a small, how-do-they-do-that-size box. In addition to the mattress, they also offer an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. Um, and you might ask yourself, how? How did they create such a futuristic design? And I'll tell you, an in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing Casper, combining springy, latex, and supportive memory phones for a mattress that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. And its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Now, I mean, I bought a mattress several years ago at this point, and, and I can vouch firsthand for the fact that they often cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost just 500 for a twin-size mattress, or a 600 if you want an extra-long twin. I used to have one of those in uh, our dorms in college, had those extra-long twins. Uh, so you can get 750 for a full mattress, 850 for a queen, and 950 for a king. The best part about Casper is that buying a Casper mattress is totally risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns, and you get a 100-night home trial. That's almost four months. Uh, if you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. They understand the importance of sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially given that you're going to spend about a third of your life on it, maybe more if you're a guy and you're drinking every morning. Um <laughs> So Casper, <laughs> Casper is obsessively engineered. It's a shockingly fair price. Yeah, Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015, and it's now, in fact, the most awarded mattress of the decade. There is free shipping and returns to the U.S. and even in Canada. It's made in America. And uh, even better, you get a special deal because you're a listener of this show, and Casper and we like you very much. So you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash rebound and using the code rebound. Terms and conditions apply. And, uh, yeah, we uh, recommend that you you check it out so that you can get a good night's sleep. And uh, remember, it's risk-free. That's the best part. So if you don't like it, don't blame us. Just send it back, and they'll give you your money back. So uh, thanks to Casper for sponsoring this episode of The Rebound. And, you know, it occurs to me, guys, we're, um, we got a little time left in the show and Lex isn't here. And so there's a couple of things we could talk about. One of them is podcasting. However, another thing that we could talk about is since Lex isn't here is, Lex. is, 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 is the Captain America movie. <laughs> oh, man. But I don't know if we can do that in 15 minutes because we'll you, just spend for a week sure? long fishing. What? Are we sure? Are you serious? You Didn't we talk about trailers before? Last, the first time we had Guy on, we just spent the entire time nerding out about superhero movies, I think. I would talk the heck out of that. I would have started <laughs> morning drinking earlier if I knew we were going to. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the what, the, what our listeners want. We don't have podcast tracking information. Okay, let's just, let's just do it and see, what, what, happens. Want. see, yeah. see what happens. You know? We don't have yeah, we podcast don't track your, uh, your information. We, we should get to the podcast discussion. So, okay, well, uh, should we do? We should do the podcast discussion first, then. <laughs> really? Oh man! Because so? <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to go on and on about the movie. 
Yeah. I don't think we're going to go on and on about podcasting. I, I, man, you turned me into like a seven-year-old kid. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I have I to know, wait right, now? Right, right. I like have Christmas to eat morning. my vegetables before I get to dessert? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, podcasts. Yeah. They're great the way they are. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can. Uh, I mean, somebody, some, somebody outlined the argument, and that's just yeah. There's a long New York Times article which I yeah. kind of read, but kind of oh, skimmed more than anything. I don't know, John, if you read it in more in depth. And I can did summarize. Not. Great. I so none not. of us it's, know anything. Yeah, I know. So maybe, no, no, maybe, I, maybe this will be I, a short discussion. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I read it. It seemed a bit more like. Uh, so was this the one about? This was one about. I mean, so so yeah, all the podcasters right, right. had a meeting with Apple, and the New York Times article seemed like. Uh, they then left the interview at the, the, the meeting with Apple, picked up the phone and called all, all of their buddies at the Times and just told them <laughs> everything that happened <laughs> under the condition of anonymity because mm-hmm. they signed non-disclosure agreements. That's not really how non-disclosure so, works, but okay. Yeah, that's, no, that's, yeah. I'm like, I'm well, like uh, so it seems it. like, Guy, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the basic idea is essentially a lot of these quote unquote big podcast companies or very prominent podcast companies that have sprung up in this podcast bubble, you know, sort of post serial. Um, a lot of it seems like we want to we want to turn this into either radio or or sort of web publishing. Why don't you give us the tools to do that? And a lot of podcasters who are, you know, sort of smaller independent podcasters saying, no, that would screw up everything that we've actually been working for over the last you know, decade to 15 years. Yeah, I think that's kind of fair. And I don't really blame anybody in this. I think um, I'm just going to use the, the the word big, but I mean, the, the, it's kind of like old school media, like the radio right. media is right. coming in. Uh, and they want the new stuff to look like the old stuff because that's how they were comfortable and that's how they've always operated. And the people who have been working in the new medium don't want that because they've carved out their niche and they're, you know, they're they're comfortable in it. Uh, it's like little mammals running around in like this giant, I don't want to say dinosaur because that's, it's too, because the content's brilliant half the time. So it's, I don't, I don't want to be diminishing a bit, but it's, it's a giant beast that is, uh, accustomed to working in a, in a certain ecosystem comes in and finds the ecosystem not, uh, particularly set up for what it requires in, in order to feed itself. And calling up the new york times is just stomping around and complaining rather than like well maybe try something different <laughs> you know? well they want to fit maybe, it into their box. i know these aren't your yeah. ferns but maybe try eating the grass maybe you like it you know well that's the uh, yeah i mean i everyone who who was talking about this i think made the good point of web publishing not exactly, you know, setting the world on fire right now. Maybe that's right. not the best model to go, you know, to follow. And yeah, I can understand since so much of this is advertising supported, right? And whatever, whenever there's advertisers, advertisers want data. And so either that's the big issue. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. you, I, and I understand wait, so the bind there. Specifically, uh, demographic data of right. people who are reading or or listening. Right. They to want to know that yeah. when they advertise a particular product that the people who are listening are inter- potentially interested in that product and possibly have the income or means to buy that product, right? Like right. that's that's how advertising works, right? Like that's how it's worked for time since time immemorial, right? They want to know, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a newspaper, TV, radio, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's all, it's about targeting. 
And Lex had made the point on Twitter that the larger advertising companies won't even get involved unless they're going to get that data. Right. So you can't get like your... Or the large, I'm sorry, the larger advertisers. advertisers. Well, yeah, yeah like car yeah. companies, right? Like they yeah. don't... They are playing a different game. They are playing right. a game that's about either brand recognition and, you know, in that sense, you probably don't need to appeal to the niches of podcasting because if you you can put your ad on TV and reach way more people um, and or targeting, you know, specific demographics, which, again, you know, people who are can afford the car. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at. Okay, this is maybe getting a little bit too meta. You may want to cut this, but I mean, look at the ads that you guys have today. You've got socks, underwear, and shirts, and a mattress. Everybody requires all of those things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a more targeted ad may require like a like a, a more intimate um, understanding of your listenership, right? Which is and hard you, to you do. Could, it is. Maybe you can key it by the topic of the show, like. This, this yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Show, We've obviously but, seen know. that done in many cases. I mean, you know, we, we you get a lot of nerd stuff advertising on nerd podcasts, right? Like we've had uh, Drobo sponsor mm-hmm. uh, Debug, like like a nerd interview show that I do. Whereas they probably, I don't know if they would sponsor like a fashion oriented well, podcast. And, you and know? if you so, turn this around, like you know, it's very interesting to talk. I was at a uh, science fiction convention in February. Uh, a small one that focuses mainly on writers, but there was a panel on podcasting, which um, our friend Brianna Wu was on. And so it was very interesting to listen to it because there was a very different section of the podcasting uh, sphere because it was a lot of people talking about like fandom um, and sort of like the pop culture stuff, but much more targeted, much more niche. And the problem there is like, I think technology generally, the technology podcasts generally do well because you can do that analysis and say well the people who are interested in that probably tend to have you know a decent amount of disposable income Mm -hmm. um they have interests that are very easily monetized because it's like specific types of gadget and gear and and services right whereas i think the problem with advertising on a lot of pop culture shows is your your audience is potentially way broader Everybody mm-hmm. has a pop culture, you know, everybody indulges in some way in pop culture for the most part. I think you also end up with differences in terms of, I hesitate to say like expertise, but you know, and as, as evidenced by the fact that we were going to talk about the Captain America movie, everybody can have an opinion <laughs> on pop culture and all of those opinions are equally valid <laughs> and not to say everybody can't have an uh, opinion on technology, but certainly it's a smaller chunk and you have a lot more people who are experts in their field, etc. Right. So it's a lot harder for advertisers to want to go to pop culture shows. I imagine because pop culture shows are basically a dime a dozen. Um, and you, unless you have one that has like super big audience or super well-known people on it, probably some combination of both, there's probably not as much to be gained from advertising on that. Right. Like who listens to cereal? Everybody. Right. I like, I don't think there's an answer to that. You don't, <laughs> I, I would guess that it skews liberal. Right. Probably. But it's not that it's different probably from, has a, you know, demographic similar it, to sort it, of NPR stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe people who are in NPR, you know, who underwrite NPR stations might get some benefit out of that, but it's also probably a lot smaller and like it's not as local, right? Like you don't get the geographic delineation. Like your local radio station will advertise for local businesses. But when you have something that's disseminated over, you know, nationally, if not internationally, it's a lot harder, right? Because you can't advertise for your local 
you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what, what your local artisan bakery. I don't know. Um, well, there's a couple of issues, right? Because we don't ever insert different ad reads for different products based on anything. Uh, but local TV or radio will. Mm-hmm. They'll tailor, There'll be like an yeah. ad, like, okay, now we're yeah. going to go to the ad and it'll jump to the ad. And if it's, if it's a slot that's dedicated to being local advertising. That is, I mean, that, and that happens on Hulu. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah. it can happen. It's just, it, so the way podcasts work or the way iTunes and podcasts work, can I explain this? It's, it's, it's dead simple. So I shouldn't, right? yeah. like, it won't take long. It's, <laughs> you have an RSS feed. You basically have a list of the episodes that you've got. You tell iTunes to check for that, like, and you keep it on your server. You tell iTunes to, to check for that list, and iTunes will update itself every, whatever. It doesn't matter to you every day, let's say. In that list is the title, a brief description, and um, a link to the audio file, basically the MP3, that you will download and then listen to. iTunes doesn't keep the MP3. You do. All iTunes does is aggregate. It's like a list of lists. It's a directory. It's a directory, exactly. There's nothing there. Uh, on top of that, they added uh, like uh, comments and a rating system, both of which the comment that... So here, here's what you do right now. Five stars, morning drinking. And it's, there's no G in the morning. There's just an apostrophe. Morning drinking. Um, that's what you do right now for this show. So... Apple actually has very little purchase on exactly who's listening to what and what's even being said in these podcasts. They they really can't do anything unless they start essentially interfering in some way with those feeds. Right. That's exactly my point. Right. Which would something like they piss off yeah, a lot they, of people. They have to change that mechanism. Yeah, they intentionally have a very light touch, and they're going to need to mess with that somehow it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago with the voice stuff right where it's like they don't want that information in some ways because not only does it potentially i don't think in this case it's really going to be like a legal issue but in this case it's more like if we don't have this information there's no temptation to sell it right there's no temptation Mm -hmm. to work with partners to say like we're going to monetize people and that's that's a as far as apple puts forth their whole sort of business model is not about, right? Like they've set themselves up in opposition to Google, which yeah. I feel like would probably do this kind of stuff in a heartbeat. Yeah. I do want to just, just oh man, God, I hate this guy. So Ben Thompson uh, makes a point. <laughs> I don't actually hate him. Like we get along well. Even if you're collecting information on people, it's common to say that you sell that information. I mean, Ben makes a point that like, no, you never sell the information. You sell the people to the advertisers. And the way that you sell the best people to the advertisers is that you have and you keep that information for yourself. Do, do, do you understand? You, you so essentially the, synthesize. You're not providing the raw data. You're synthesizing and providing sort yeah, of well, a... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, selling, if, you're giving away, if you're selling the raw data... Then there's no reason for the them to come jewels. back. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But you, so you... People like Google and people that, that like collect all of like Amazon, like they can collect all of this kind of data... They are becoming There's, the gate gatekeepers to what kind of eyeballs do you want? Okay, well, I've got like 8 million of them over here. So <laughs> yeah. give me an ad. Specify the kind of eyeballs. They're just eyeballs, though. It's really, really kind of creepy. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's a total Blade Runner kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and so, I mean, so the, the part of the other problem is like, this, this, it's a one-way medium, right? It's we put out an audio file. You listen to that audio file. 
in the the most sort of interactive it really gets is like you click you know you might give us a review or a rating on itunes right apple could in theory build stuff into say it's podcast app. so a lot of apps have built-in analytics stuff but that mainly is like hardware related right like so you have you can have analytics stuff that tells you how people used your app right and and like what what they click on you know and so in theory you could like use a podcast app to track how many times an episode was played i guess but you couldn't necessarily then apple would certainly be against linking that to the person's actual profile and being able to provide any information about them as right. a person right. so the only way to get that information is for us um, to like ask you on like on the show is like right now like hey who are you <laughs> what do you want to buy and like we're not going to do that either so there's i'm not sure how else that information would easily apple, be gotten. apple right now and most podcasting things don't even know if you listen to the whole episode right exactly they just yeah. know that it got yeah. a download right Maybe it's just filling up your hard drive. But I mean, that's that's not that different from like TV, right? Like I can I can watch a television show, and it's a gamble for advertisers, right? They're saying we know based on our statistical models that we're going to put this ad during this TV show, and we know roughly based on you know people like Nielsen and the network collect demographic information. So that's a statistical model, right? They're not asking every single person who watches a TV show their age, their right. gender, yeah. their income, et cetera. They are, they are building a model based on a statistical you know, sample. And then they're saying, well, okay, we know we're going to put this much money into an ad campaign, and we're going to assume that we are getting, you know, of the like 2 million people that see this ad, we're going to assume that some percentage will be influenced by that one way or another. It's probably a lowish percentage, right? I mean... I feel like a number like even like 10% of people acting on an ad is probably really high, right? Like oh, yeah. especially depending oh, yeah, on yeah, definitely. on what you're selling, right? Like you're going to get if I mean our ads, you know, it's like 100%. Right? Yeah, everybody everybody yeah. everybody clicks yeah. you all click through, right? You all Thanks, bought everybody. you all bought mattresses yeah, and, yeah, and underwear that. today. But um, you know, but you're you're also doing it for yourself because they're, they're so good. So Right. Um but like so you you know Ford puts out a car commercial they're not assuming that even a huge percentage of people will go out and buy a Ford. They're thinking at some point down the line, when those people next need a car, they will remember there was a Ford commercial and they will have been swayed by that in some way. Some of the ads right. work it's more a directly. campaign rather than a, like a... Right. Some of the ads work more yeah. directly because it's stuff that's not as big ticket items, right? Like, you know, right. oh, Kleenex. I saw the Kleenex brand or whatever. Like, I'm going to buy Kleenex next time. You know, I'll buy that brand next time I need, buy, I need to buy Kleenex um kleenex is a bad example because that's actually genericized um but you know what i'm saying like toilet paper right like oh i saw that Charmin commercial with the bear it was adorable i'm gonna totally buy Charmin next time i need to buy toilet paper which is actually fairly often but like you know if you're five percent <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope so if you go without having to, to i did not mean problems. fairly often for me Too particularly i meant fairly <laughs> often for all of us because we're all human i have a terrible diet <laughs> Uh, it's all that morning dragging down. <laughs> but you know they're assuming a fairly small. They're making a bet. They're betting right. that a certain percentage will be influenced by that and going out buying it, and they're betting that that will be worth more than the amount that they spent on the ad. Right. But right. here's the interesting thing: is that it is not the advertisers going to Apple. It is the show is going to Apple. Yeah, because they haven't figured out how to make money yet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's the yeah. short answer. Like they are, they're saying like, "Hey, we need to tell these guys the demographics so that we can sell them ads." Which doesn't seem—I mean, like it doesn't seem like Apple's going to be terribly responsive to this, though. Oh well, I'll tell you what. The, do you think that? I mean, no, 
you go into a meeting with Apple and you say, hey, we'd like all your customer demographics. And then yeah. walk out of the meeting and pick up the phone and call the New York Times. Well, yeah, that, no, that doesn't that help is either. Not, you are not, they're not going to trust you. I mean, was a, the, a you have no leverage in this. Right, Apple is right. not making any money anyway. Podcasting, I, I obviously I love it. I really think it's a great medium. Not going to turn into the next iPhone. Right. Not even going to put one percent on that twelve percent on the services. Yeah. Thing. It's not going to make them much money. So these guys have no leverage, none, and yet they're kind of playing it like they do. And they're well. They're trying yeah, to make. I don't the weird... think it's gonna work out for them the weird play that they're making is like it's kind of since you go to like why do you go to the new york times right again in some ways this is a kind of advertising in and of itself right because they're going to the new york times and they're thinking well new york times people people who read the new york times probably listen to you know are like serial listeners right or like podcast listeners right because we've got we know who the audience of the new york times is Mm -hmm. and we kind of know that that's the audience who seem to be really into podcasting (laughs) and so they're going to them and being, I think in some ways this is like a backhanded, like, oh, hey, you people who read the New York Times, you really like podcasts, huh? Well, you know, we need to make money to stay solvent and keep producing you all those podcasts you love. So you should. Which be, is good and true. Yeah. And I support that. I, I, part but of it. at the same time, yes. it's also like trying to get the, cons- I feel like it's trying to, in a backwards way, get the consumers in on arguing yeah, right. that Apple should provide better tools for monetizing and that Although, seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> right, right. I mean, how is that how is that really going to happen? Boy, gee, I really wish that advertisers had more of my information. It's like who's right. going to call who's going to call up Apple or their congressperson or something and right. say that. <laughs> yeah, I just it doesn't make sense. Especially cuz like just as I described the technology earlier, Apple has very little they can actually do about this. Right, exactly. Without yeah. without either basically, you know, throwing either their, their users under the bus. Player, either either their podcast client on their phone breaches all of their standards and starts giving away demographic information. Never, like, never going to happen. Like yeah. never not your name, happen. but like, hey, what year were you born? What location <laughs> are you in? And somehow it sends that to the server, and the server, you know, aggregates it and sends it to the the. And you know what they don't do? They don't do that for TV, movies, apps. Or music. Yep. That's so, not their business. It's just not their business. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think they're know. ever going to do it. And those guys, they make a lot of money off of those four other media that they sell. I don't see how podcasts are going to twist their arm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, best case, uh, yeah, they just sort of dismantled the whole IAD thing for the most part, right? I mean, it's still around, yeah, but it's not. It seems like they're retooling it. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess they could try and become an advertiser for podcasts themselves, like an ad broker, essentially. Um, uh. I'm glad Lex <laughs> yeah, is here because well, now yeah, we're Lex basically talking so about people oh, yeah, compete, his, competing his with his butter. business. Um, like, they could. I don't think they have particular interest in doing that either. No, it doesn't seem like it. So, yeah, I, I think this is, this is kind of a tempest in a teapot right now. And the answer yeah. is yes. podcasting is still kind of a bubble. Some people have done better at sort of, you know, riding that wave. But, like, the big companies that are looking to, like, turn this into, like, a huge business, I think, I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for them unless they come up with something else other than imitating the way that other yeah. medium are doing their business. Here's my thing. I, my understanding is there was, like, less than 10 podcasty people there. At Apple. At Apple. You mean you mean uh, no, wait, podcast no, no, you mean people who came in? Uh, sorry, in the meeting, yeah. they invited a, you know a, a handful, like kind of literally a handful of 
I don't know what that means. Literally a handful of people. <laughs> they were very, very, very small, small podcasters. <laughs> yeah. It's like little Ant-Man. We'll get to that. We're getting to that. We're getting to people. We are not dropping Ant-Man. Um, but yeah, whatever. Like less than 10 kind of people uh, from the podcasting world. Apple regularly has those kind of meetings with a bunch of different industries. Just they don't usually go to the New York Times. <laughs> they don't turn around and go to the New York Times mm-hmm. after signing a non-disclosure agreement because... <laughs> Like, <laughs> honestly, do you think Apple wants to deal with you after that? No, you're a dummy. Like, yeah. you can't be trusted. You're, it's not going to so work. I, I know who podcasts and the worst won't be getting featured. For Apple is that some other company comes and finds a way to do it. Fine, they'll buy them if they really want it. Like, it's it's just. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Google stands to. If Google just launched a podcast directory within the last couple months. It will yes. be interesting to see how that goes. But they have such. They're just. They're just so far back. I mean, I think they'll do okay. But because, again, they have the advantage of being built in on Android potentially. But, you know, they're they're starting from very little. And yeah, Apple's I'm been sure doing this forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I really, it's a blind spot to me, which is bad. Uh, but uh, I imagine it'll do well and it'll probably be pretty good. And, but, and Google is, and I don't mean this, and it's not for me, but I don't, I don't mean to be disparaging, but Google is a company that would look more closely into how to monetize this kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's that's their it's, business. It's more, it's more in their wheelhouse to like sort of mess with the system than it is for Apple. Yeah, that's that's their business fundamentally is yeah. advertising. So in that way, it works perfectly for them if they can actually figure out how to do it. But I'm not, I'm not sure they'll have a ton of luck. But yeah, good yeah. luck to you, Google. <laughs> All right, well, can, we talk honestly, about, can we talk I about want, superheroes? Yes. Just, <laughs> I just want to end that with, like, honestly, I mean, good luck to the people that were in that meeting that are creating <laughs> great, great podcasts. I like listening to good podcasts. I, I appreciate it. And I hope <laughs> he, that you, they can find a way to make money. Guy, really do. you're full of crap because you listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, so there's one thing. There's us doing our stuff, talking about superheroes. But then there's, like, well-researched well-produced podcasts, <laughs> which take a lot of time. And, they yes, take a lot you're of right. Time cut, effort, right. Just cut that. Just cut all of that. <laughs> Those don't, not, these podcasts don't exist. There are only our crappy podcasts. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, God. No, I'm not being negative in any way. Both, oh, no, no. Doesn't this sound is a like lot it. of fun. I just think people really have more fun here. Oh, what are you saying? We're, we're saying we're like a cute little podcast? Is that what you're saying? It's adorable. We're oh never taken God. seriously. I, what is the problem with you guys? <laughs> Are you pretending we've got an army of researchers behind us that have like combed over the facts before we start talking about this? Stuff? I, I think you just don't know how this podcast runs. That's what I'm saying. I guess I, I guess not. I, anyway, I retract all my comments. Did, did you just guys read that article? No, I didn't read that article. Did <laughs> you read that article? My people read that article, but they did not put the summary on my desk before the podcast started. Yeah, there was a breakdown in the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. When this goes to the end editing bay you guys can like <laughs> instruct your minions to sort of cut me out <laughs> yeah just be me and dan yep pretty much yeah you know what we should do is we should end the show and then just talk about superheroes i'll put that all after the end music or yeah, something that's, yeah right <laughs> Well, are we doing are we doing spoilers? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, okay. All so right. yeah, don't so go, don't listen know to this at if all. If you're still 
if you're still listening that there are going to be spoilers about captain america civil war yeah just turn it off now if you don't want to hear that yeah it's fine we're not going to talk about anything else important that's right. Well, I mean, well, we haven't super, yet. <laughs> this is much more important than what we talked about. This is about actually more already, important. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Beep. Spoilers. Uh, how'd you like that? That I I really enjoy. It. I'm still thinking about it like four days, four or five days later. So I feel like yeah. that's a win. Um, also, I, would, I would say it's my third favorite of all the all the Marvel. Oh, interesting. Third Marvel. after MCU movies. Uh, after Iron Man and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, Iron Man one. Iron Man one, yes. Yeah, I ooh, John. I think we're brothers, man. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, you know, I I think it's clear that the Captain America franchise is probably the best of the Marvel franchises. I think yeah. that's fair well, to say. Now, yeah. Now, well, I mean, yeah. yeah well, I mean, and thanks to the Russos. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think Iron Man is a bad franchise, but I think it. You know, it started. Were... It started great and then went. Yeah, it was I mean, okay. the first one is the first one is fantastic. Yeah. The first one's just a good movie. Yeah, it's a like, great, it's a great else, fun movie. I would show somebody that movie and be proud of. Like, yeah, and it's a good story. I mean, it, like it's a good character yeah. development story. Yeah. Um, I, I think you see how his his view on everything changes when he gets affected. I so. think two yeah. and three are fine. I I don't think they're you know I I don't think they're bad movies. Yeah, I mean I think I, this I think actually but, yeah. Civil War made me appreciate three more. Um, yeah, yeah, because because now it's becoming kind of clear. There's a pattern. I mean. Tony is kind of a damaged person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas it's not exactly, he doesn't seem super damaged in the first two movies and the, and in the Avengers. Well, Iron Man two, he's got that, he gets like drunk in Iron Man two and fights. Yeah, Rhodey, that's right? true. Like there is that. That's true. Yeah, um, but they didn't, the, the, the arc in the comics makes a lot more sense. Yes. Than the arc in the well, but you don't, but you, you still don't get quite his. Yeah. So he seems like, like kind of broken inside, but he, you don't really understand his, um, his thing and somebody said this in the incomparable slack um that he wants to he wants to fix everything and yeah. he you know and and he wants that too much right well yeah. i mean he's got that with ultron right which is like mm-hmm. he wants to sort of take in some ways he wants to take the avengers out of the equation because he's worried i mean and that's the thing i like the most about this movie is that you know you read a lot about i mean for me i read a lot about crafting you know story craft and stuff like that and the most imp- one of the things that gets stressed a lot is your villain needs to have their own agenda and and not to say tony's a villain but let's say it's antagonist right like your antagonist needs to have their own agenda and i think what works about civil war is that i think both cap and and tony's um agendas are both they're both valid right like you could argue either side of them mm-hmm and yep. and that's what makes this work really strongly is not like not that you have this slugfest that is because I think fundamentally it's not really about that. I think it's about, you know, there's two things at stake here. One is the overall agenda, which is sort of the overarching framework of this movie is like, well, how much who watches the watchers? Who, who's got the yeah. power here? Who does the oversight? And two, fundamentally just about, you know, fighting with your, your friend, right? Like. <laughs> It kind of comes down to that in the end is, yeah, is essentially yeah. like a fight between friends. Your friends happen to have superpowers, but like, you know, you're kind of pissed off because you friend, your friend, you know, said something yeah. that was, you know, and it's, and it's kind of cool how there's a, there's a bad guy, but the bad guy fizzles at the end. Yeah. I, I really like that. Cause it, well, the ulti- guy, ultimately the whole fight is between the two good guys. Ex- except yeah. as he says in the, in the end at the last scene, like when the guy's like, Oh, your plan totally didn't work. He's, 
didn't it? Like, he yeah. sort of does, like... He totally won, yeah. Zemo won. He wanted the Avengers to fight and break up. They fought and broke up. Yeah, except, I mean, except well, except Cap's, you know, letter yeah, to Tony. Yeah, that's because Cap's a, the bigger man. He's, like, a real... Yeah, right, yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah. They're, still, they're still friends. They're still basically on the, on the same side of things, except for, you know, Cap... Or uh, Tony goes nuts because... Um, Bucky killed his mother. <laughs> well, and I and, and a Which, lot of people you know, got annoyed would. at that, uh, mm-hmm. but I thought that was okay, right? Like I, I thought, yeah, that would probably unhinge me, even if yeah. you were being mind controlled. Like I don't, I don't know you. I don't particularly like you based on what I do know of you. <laughs> yeah, he, and yeah, he's been murdering <laughs> like, people for like what seventy years. Like, yeah, come on. And, and and Falcon knows him and just doesn't like him. <laughs> I that there, yeah, Sam and yeah. Sam and Bucky are my is my favorite relationship in that entire That's movie. Great. My favorite line is. Still, can you push your seat forward? No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really, I enjoy that this is complex, and you know, get you can get into a debate about like oversight, right? Like, and I think there is, you know, I think Tony's point. Hey, there's merit to Tony, wrong, right? Basically, is what the, <laughs> they're both wrong. <laughs> well, a giant three hundred page binder full of that's not helpful. Uh, and Cap's like, hey, it's, it's all cool. Yeah, Cap being, is Cap is stubborn because he thinks he's, a, he, he's an idealist. Yeah, yeah. At which which is dangerous just, so, potentially, uh, well, but Tony's superpower is he's the world's most irresponsible man with the world's biggest sense of responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird dichotomy, right? But he feels he feels responsible for what his weapons did. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. what makes him Iron Man, and he he feels responsible for. Safety of the world. That's what yeah, he makes the same time Ultron. He still then keeps... he screws up Ultron and he feels responsible right. for that. Yeah, but and that's, that's the thing. It's like he, he, he feels responsible. Here. He feels responsible for his weapons. You know, like he and he uses that as an example in this movie um, about how he changed. You know, like changed his business. He doesn't sell weapons anymore. And then he goes out and makes Ultron. Yeah, <laughs> and Ultron right. like like destroys an entire well, he's, city. He's got like, to with him. You're so still he, kind of doing it wrong. He's he's a futurist who can't predict the the effects of his own creations like he's a deeply flawed screwed up kind of guy he's like he's, he's got a matt he's murdoch ollie. level uh, he's ollie yeah. but he spent five days in a cave he's a wreck it was longer than that, like but it was like three months yeah he's got a um he's got a matt murdoch level guilt complex going on is the thing right like yeah he seriously does have that whole struggle with feeling responsible for everything and i think you know there are good points about like are you really responsible for Ultron dropping Sokovia? I mean, yes and no, right? Like, the, well, you built Ultron. I would feel Ultron. I mean, I feel, yeah, it yeah like that, that one's a little more personal. Yeah. But like, they did try to save, you know, people, right? Like, they weren't like, oh man, we lost, and then let a, like, you know, they tried to save as many people as they can. And to Cap's yeah. point, like, you can't save everyone, and if you yeah. give up, then you save no one. Yeah, I mean, Cap's a soldier, so he's got a bit more of that perspective. Uh, I like Tony didn't feel guilty for New York, like the the attack in Iron and well, Avengers one. He gets, he, but he got, he has flashbacks he got, and like sort of PTSD based on it. In yeah, Iron but Man he didn't 3. feel guilty about it. Yeah, and they're probably it way did more make pe- him yeah. think like, oh my god, like I I can't handle this anymore, so I'm gonna have to build me <laughs> an army of robots to do it for me. Right, which sets him down the road to Ultron. So. Yeah. But I mean, it's funny that you say Cap is a soldier because he is. But in some, in the same way here, he kind of goes off the reservation because yeah. you know a soldier does follow orders, and in this way, oh, he's. Man, I hate he, that term, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. well, yeah, 
Sorry. No, it's just because the soldiers would go and get the people who went actually went off the reservation. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, oh, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. He does. He kind that of belies the but, idea of like hierarchy and and you know all that, like because he's an idealist and thinks he knows what's right. And well, he's Captain America, and in that case, that might be correct. If everybody took that approach, we'd be in in a real shitstorm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, in a way, Shield was working pretty good until. <laughs> well, I sort of. <laughs> well, Hydra kind of, I mean, did its thing and made them build those carriers, right? Right. That's the point where it goes over the line. Yeah. Before that, it was well. Actually, we don't know. They the were world, building well, their whole. Yeah, the World like, Security Council of... wanted to nuke New York, which is probably. Yeah. I would, if I had to vote for that, I would vote Say against no. it. I don't uh-huh. want to be controversial or anything, but you know. And there's also lots of evidence that prior to um, uh, the whole um, events of Winter Soldier, that Hydra was using Shield for other. Yeah. Right, just nothing yeah. quite as spectacular. They were kind yeah. of building up in right. the shadows. Right. But so it's Cap is interesting in that he believes he doesn't believe in um uh organizations so much as he believes in individuals. Mm-hmm. But he's also part doesn't of doesn't believe yeah. in democracy. Like he's got like a benevolent dictator kind of No. We just need somebody who knows what's right and that's what we're going to do. And it's like uh, I don't know if that's working out so well, Cap. Yeah, I mean, going into this, I would have put myself on Team Cap. And I don't think in the end of it, I, I think I kind of go back and forth between the two of them because I think they're both right about some things, both wrong about some other things. And, you know, you get I think the... they both do, too, which is why I love this movie. Yeah, I think I think the thing that tips it in Cap's advantage, though, is um, is is Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like the person who's in charge of of policing. This is a real asshole well yeah. we're supposed they to get the idea. thunderbolt ross in this movie but uh if you're not familiar this is the guy that goes bananas chasing the hulk and like sending the art if you've ever seen the army uh the hulk smashing tanks it's because thunderbolt ross, thunderbolt is, like, ross. well so yeah and this is to him in trying cable. to turn him into yeah. a weapon in a nice yeah. move this is actually you know the, i think the mcu is always kind of Yes, the Incredible Hulk movie is canon, but it kind of flirts with it not being canon because you've got a totally different actor playing um, Bruce Banner in there. And so I think it's it, it. Robert Downey Jr. appears in it, so it's technically been part of the MCU, but they haven't really alluded to it at all in the past they, several years. I think well, no, just did, a little bit. Actually. Yeah, yeah, because he says something. It was like the last time I was in Harlem, I kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, the last time I was in New right, York, I destroyed. Enough. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly not one of the cornerstones of the MCU. No, no, um, no. But they brought you know they bring Ross in, who's who's basically the antagonist of that movie. Um, yeah. And you know we're supposed to believe he's sort of had to come to Jesus, you know, having a heart attack, etc. Um, and he definitely seems a bit mellower than his previous incarnation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's not cigar chewing, screaming orders out of a helicopter. Right. And, like, yeah. and he is. He's much more somber i think in this role where he's saying you know look this someone's got to have oversight and yes he's a difficult character to pin that face on but he's also a character that kind of makes sense right like Mm -hmm. you know well he made the abomination abomination right which uh clearly didn't go well so i i can believe that bit of an arc of a character especially after what five years yeah it's come a lot a while five years in new york and all the other crazy stuff i think it's it's been longer than that yeah I, I can believe it that he's two thousand eight. Yeah, so that's a yeah. that movie. Like he wanted to build old. a super soldier, did not work out. Harlem got destroyed. Uh, 
then New York and the Avengers and all of that kind of stuff happened. And I, I can see him being where he is now. It's like, okay, I see the point of a few people, but we really have to try to control this a little bit because it's getting out of hand. Right. I'm exactly. not crazy about whatever the administration is, the, you know, the presidential <laughs> administration is in the MCU. <laughs> I don't like that we, president. I think, yeah. is it? Is it? He seems like kind of a jerk. And it's then, William uh, Sadler, Thunder, right? Thunderbolt Ross yeah. is is the Secretary of State. That just doesn't. That seems bad too. I think it's. I think it's William Sadler. I think he's technically think been so. the president the entire time, right? Because he was in Iron Man three, right? Three. Iron he's Man three, three yeah. and he and showed up on the Vice President tries to. He showed up right, and he showed up on Shield, yeah, <laughs> several times, yeah. So, um, yeah, he yeah, picked, guy, a, picked a really bad president is the Vice worst. President. At, exactly, he's just the worst at hiring people. Right. <laughs> horrible 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 they're all white men <laughs> yeah he's just the worst Fair point. oh actually i guess the yeah miguel ferrer is, is the vice president right is he i think so isn't he uh, wow I... in iron man 3 i think so i yeah. don't know it could be confusing his name so uh yeah i guess he is the vice president yeah okay. i forget, so, i haven't seen know. that one in a while so yeah 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 um, yeah, I, I thought the, uh, speaking of the technical stuff, I thought the, the fights and stunts were all pretty good. Some yeah. people have been complaining about the like cinema, not cinematography, but like just the technology used and the methodology used for filming some of them. I didn't, yeah. I, I often find myself very sensitive to that and it did not bother me in this movie for some well, reason. We, Maybe were, it was sitting, just the we were sitting and... very close by accident. So we were in the second row. Um, and, uh, the combination <laughs> of that, that, yeah, yeah the combination getting... of that and the, um, the, the um the shutter speed was um a little difficult so i want to go back again and sit like <laughs> way far back and see if oh it's wait better. was it it's not uh, like, it's, it's like not high 20 fps or something no it's not high frame rate but it is just it's just the i don't know just joe rosenstiel explained this in the incomparable slack and i he yeah. knows film stuff way better than i do right. so right. Oh, I've been set. Okay. um i don't know it yeah. I, i'm not exactly down i'm not gonna try and explain it yeah it just I, has to yeah. do with the camera and the way the camera is set up mm-hmm. to film yeah, it comes oh, across kind of kind of jittery or something, you know, like I've definitely noticed yeah. that in other films. It didn't again, for whatever reason, maybe it was just the particular theater I was in. It did not really bug me here. So, yeah, did you guys see it in 3D? No, no. OK, I did. So maybe that's why I didn't notice any. Uh, OK, because you're too busy. Did you, did you find it a, as far as 3D goes? It was it how was the 3D aspect of it? It was OK. I'm not a huge 3D fan. I like it sometimes. Uh, it just happened to be. I mean. They make more money on 3D, so there seems like there's more showtimes in 3D than there are. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it is yeah, harder to, to see it the first weekend. And I actually went to like an 11:40 show at on Saturday, so I got out of the movie theater at like 2:30 in the morning, which was <laughs> kind of late. <laughs> did you? What, uh, what did you guys yeah. think of uh, the spider, the new Spider-Man? Loved him. I like him. I thought he was good too. I really, I he seems very him. polarizing, but I actually really yeah. enjoyed the, yeah, some I mean, people didn't like him, but I think the part of the problem is there is some Spider-Man fatigue. Um, maybe with two franchise and I've seen all of the existing Spider-Man movies. Um, and I liked both Toby. I think both Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield did well in their respective franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there were failures in those, I don't think either of them were responsible for any of the, no. the Spider-Man yeah, one and no, two no, were really. great. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, Andrew Garfield's one, very good. Yeah. Uh, the others, the other two actually. So two out of five. Yeah, stink, bad. stink. Yeah. Like they're horrible. Yeah, I mean that's but, that's yeah. not a, 
<laughs> all things told that's not so bad yeah and none yeah. of that again the fault of the i think the fault of the casts no no yeah no. um yeah so but they're but they want to i mean they want to get in on the ground floor with this so that they can run with it for years i'm so. super so they got a young i'm super hopeful that homecoming picks up after this and not before this i think it does i well i'm pretty sure it does because tony stark's in it is he in it wow yeah okay. yeah um and just in terms of i we don't need to see in it in it or like cameo style well, I think I guess I don't you know. don't know. He's listed, would, would know? He's listed yeah. in the in the IMDb for wow, the Wow, that's always oh. sketchy too. So well, um, well, okay. but I think, anyway. Yeah. I think it's a known quantity. I think I'm pretty I sure. Just, I've seen... I guess my point is um my point is we don't need to see the origin story again. I think no. the best answer so one of the few things I really actually like about the previously mentioned Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie is that they can it sort of itself has its own troubled history with dealing with the felic the anglies hulk movie which is terrible um and dealing with how does it relate to that and so they sort of kind of tip their hat at it um and they yeah. do the origin story over the course of the credits yeah and everybody they, knows how the hulk but it's great to like you get that like I assume i don't know maybe it's well just you get that two you get that two minute overview of like oh he's mm-hmm. a scientist he's exposed to beta rays he freaks out etc he runs gamma away rays. yeah you idiot what the hell beta rays <laughs> did i say beta rays i meant camera yeah. rays. He's a, I'm, I, i'll turn it's in my nerd fire, card man. yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna listen to the tape back on that one uh yeah. it's uh, <laughs> That was harsh. You know what? I just called you an idiot. I I totally hopped that on you. Hey, man. Don't screw up my comic book stuff. (laughs) Um, You idiot. But I like that they condense it into two minutes. So if you've never seen a Hulk story before, you get the idea in the first two minutes. And everybody else just gets sort of the refresher. Like, this is where we are. This is the state of play. So I think you can do that in a Spider-Man movie where you spend, do the opening credits and just overlay the two minutes on the opening Mm -hmm. credits of like, he got bit by a spider. Now he's down uncle died now he's a spider-man yeah you're done you're yeah, done yeah. that's Even all you need to know i you know what i loved when tony shows up at uh peter's place um well a he's macking on aunt may which is awesome because <laughs> that's of course that's what tony's gonna do but uh so he's checking out the suit and he thinks it's all technology right oh, he's right, wondering right, like right. how are you doing this like yeah, who, yeah. a who manufactures the webs for you and be like, what do you got? Like micro stuff in the in the gloves here. And Peter's like, well, first of all, I make that myself, and I'm just kind of weird, <laughs> which is <laughs> good enough. He's Spider Man. Let's go. Um, yeah. And I love the suit that Tony. I we assume Tony makes that suit. He for says him. he needs an upgrade, oh, yeah. and yeah, I yeah. think I assume yeah. that is also Stark created, which I think is. Again, like there's a lot of little nods to the comic there, right? Because at one point Tony does build during Civil War, Iron Iron Spider, Spider. yeah, during Civil War, which is a crummy suit. So I'm glad they didn't. (laughs) It's a terrible suit. I really enjoyed the so the the highlight of this movie is arguably the airport fight. And what I really enjoyed about the way this was done, especially in contrast to a movie I didn't see, Batman versus Superman, where you feel like this is a, dr- a gladiator fight to the death, right? This one, nobody wants to hurt anybody with the mm-hmm. exception of people, even Bucky, right? Like they, they want to capture him. I don't think they want to kill him. Yeah. Um, and I think so the possible exception of Black Panther. Panther at one point, because he shoots an exploding arrow into yeah, his face. I think he's realized that he's, <laughs> I you think know, so too. basically yeah, indestructible. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's like the tussle between friends. It's like, oh, man, you know, we're kind of annoyed and like there's, 
there's some maybe some pent up aggression there, but nobody really wants to hurt anybody. And like we get that with Clint and and um, and Nat, you know, fighting and like we're still friends after this. Yeah, depends, depends on where you hit me. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> which is something you only it's like. Well, the answer is it doesn't matter how hard you hit me because we're going to be friends. And we saw that in the first Avengers movie, yeah, where Clint got knocked pretty darn hard and basically right. picked himself up. And they were well, Clint felt guilty, but they were friends. Yeah. Still, yeah, they're professionals, problem. right? Like yeah. you know, and and I think that's nice because it lets you. It takes out some of the tension of feeling like, oh, why are these people fighting? I hate it when they fight. And it's more just like, you know, someone. I think maybe one, maybe you guy because someone compared it to capture the flag, sort of. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it could be in the slack. Yeah. yeah, there's a goal, right? Like they want to get to the, they want to cross the airfield and get to the Quinjet, and it's like <laughs> the other team's trying to stop them. That's basically what's ha- what's happening. Not not kill them, like nobody's trying to beat the crap out of anybody else. Everybody, yeah. and and to the point of that, when we do get the one serious injury with with Rhodey at the end, I love the fact that you know, so Falcon basically dodges Vision's shot, and Vision takes out you know war machine and yeah hits his chest reactor thing starts to fall and both both tony and sam immediately turn around and try to catch him and it's like you know everybody's like oh shit this just went too far right like it's the moment where you're tussling with your friends and somebody gets poked in the eye Mm -hmm. it's the Mm -hmm. like oh crap this man i knew we shouldn't have been doing this um and then so when when he does impact when Rhodey does impact uh tony gets there first and sam (laughs) starts to come to help yeah (laughs) And he gets shot. Tony goes, says, I'm sorry. Just blast him. Yeah, he says, I thought it's a little bit dickish, but it's also perfectly oh, yeah. in keeping with totally Tony. Totally within the bounds right. of what X. Right. Because well, the... he knows he's not going to kill him either. He's right. Well, like... and and that was the moment I think that got the, the biggest gasp in the movie theater when I see it. Because they, of course, do the, like, they cut out the music and everything, and he hits the ground, and it's just a thump. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's totally plausible that they would kill Rhodey. Yeah. Like he's a right. kind of a tertiary character. It, he yeah. could die. Like they don't yeah, There's a risk there, unlike with if it were Tony or Steve, you know, they're not going to get murdered in the middle. Yeah. Steve is not going to get murdered in the middle of his own movie. Now, right. It's kind of funny that a, almost exact same thing happens in Iron Man 1 and he just crawls out of the crater and is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, you, could, you could rationalize that yeah. maybe he wasn't as high up. Yeah, or his suit was still had some power. I don't even remember. I mean, like the fact that like he's basically yeah, just it, a falling actually, metal probably, I mean, the visions, the visions beam is probably more powerful than a tank. Yeah, he gets hit by a tank shell and then falls yeah. out of this guy and hits, like impacts the yeah. ground, and then he's gets yeah, angry. Would, I'm gonna say yeah. the mind gem is more powerful than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the war machine is it's so much heavier that probably <laughs> uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. It's all that extra stuff. That thing yeah. really defies the laws of physics. Uh, <laughs> Did you see that somebody asked um, Don Cheadle on Twitter why his suit doesn't have, uh, like, an AI in it? No, I missed that. So somebody asked him that, and he says, <laughs> yes, well, you can it. probably guess why. And I forget what the person's response was. It was like, oh, like, oh, Tony keeps all of the good stuff for himself. And Don Cheadle just writes back and says, I was going to say racism, but sure. <laughs> but sure. You go with that. Oh, man. I always took it more as, as Rhodey is a, he's a pilot. He's actually a pilot, right? Like, yeah. that's his background. And so, like, he doesn't need an AI because he can fly the damn thing himself, whereas Tony I, doesn't know I, what the hell he's doing. I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. It's probably just for 
Yeah, like narrative brevity. We spend very little time with him in the suit, so explaining what that voice is, maybe. It well, then you have like another personality, right? I mean, Jarvis it's, is supposed to be, you know, starting out with Jarvis, and now Friday, they're supposed to be characters. Yeah. And if you yeah. put the same character in both suits, then it's a problem, it or you weird. have to create another one, which is also yeah, confusing. Which and then it becomes kinda, confusing. Yeah, it's just just for the sake of brevity. I like, assume uh, we'll, we'll yeah. just head cannon and say Rody turned it off because he found it annoying. <laughs> Maybe good. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I I I really enjoy. I mean, so this is still a Cap movie, right? Even though it has pretty much all the Avengers in it, except for Thor and Hulk, it's still very heavily a Cap movie, which I like because I really enjoy Steve. I really love Sam. I'm glad that he gets a huge role here, yeah, because um, he is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love the head nod to in the comics he has a bird that he has a telepathic connection with, and this yeah, one he has a drone yeah. instead, but it's got the same yeah. name. I think it's Red Wing. Right. Right. And I just love when he tries to make Black Widow like thank, Say don't it. thank me, <laughs> thank the bird. <laughs> uh, I just I I'm like not him saying that name. <laughs> I'm like him because he's he's loyal. He's a good character because he's loyal and because he's funny, but he's also still super competent. Right? Like, I mean. I think I enjoy that he and Steve have a rapport, right? And thus we get the whole like conflict between him and Bucky because it's kind of like when you like it's kind of like when your best friend from college meets your best friend from high school, and they're like <laughs> there's like some friction about like well who's really my best friend, right? And yeah, like yeah. I I kind of enjoy that because it's very relatable in the same way that that Steve and Tony fighting is relatable because we've all had stupid drag down yeah. drag out fights with our friends over something that is i mean in this case not inconsequential but is not quite really the main issue didn't need to mm-hmm. escalate quite that much yeah. right yeah I, so sam is um loyal without being um unquestioning right you know like i think if yeah. cap did do something yeah. a little off color yeah because there, uh, there's that moment where he says you know are we sure we're doing the right thing here because right, exactly you know, when yeah. people start shooting at you they usually shoot at me too yeah. yeah, which I liked a lot. Yeah, yeah. I also like uh, the the laugh that we got in the theater when I was there, and I certainly was giggling at the fact that when when Steve comes into the bar and he's wearing his traditional incognito hat and sunglasses, Sam's wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> I just really love that he's like, there's not really even. I don't feel like it's even really acknowledged, but they're both wearing like the aviator sunglasses, the the like blank ball cap, and a leather jacket, and it's right, just yeah, like right. you guys could not. No be one any... will recognize them now. You guys could not be any more conspicuous right now. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I loved. Um, uh, you mentioned the Hulk and Thor earlier. I guess I mean so the Thor got like mind screwed up right in Avengers two. Yeah, he went yeah. off to go figure out what's His going vision, on. His vision quest, Ragnarok style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so Natasha and who's talking to her? Um, Tony. Tony, because Tony. Tony's Tony suggested he's like, can we get you know? It's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad we don't have. It's too bad the Hulk isn't here. Right. Right. And Natasha's like, do you think he'd be on our side? And like, no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he oh, yeah, really that's right? There is no way. Is he on? There is not. no way the Hulk would be on their is side. Is he on like, anyone's side? <laughs> uh, he'd be on Cap's side. 100%. He'd definitely be on Cap's side. Well, yeah, I mean, I Banner or the Hulk? Both. Uh, well, Banner would be, and then... Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what... Who knows what would happen they with were, the Hulk Okay, like, so... That's, I think the Hulk's conflict. a wild card, though. Well, because yeah. the Hulk just wants to be left alone. Yeah, and it seems like he'd be more... The Hulk is not too. signing a form to get registered and, like, get... I oh, sure, sure. Banner. I know. Like, I'm not disagreeing. And he's certainly not going to work for Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, yeah, fair point. I, I don't think it's just picture it more as like that's kind of putting the Hulk into that situation. I feel like is just a recipe for having lots of crap broken. <laughs> yes. Well, 
Yeah, basically, I think the whole movie would just be trying to subdue the Hulk because somebody, yeah, somebody's gonna get hurt happen. a lot faster too. Yeah, I mean, Thor, yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's similar with Thor. Like he's not invulnerable, but he's also super like, you know, like like Ross says, like you know, if we had a couple like you know warheads that went missing, we'd have to ask some questions, right? Like, but we just yeah. let these guys with like city leveling powers just sort of go off and do their own thing. Well, you know why? It's because they can level a city. So it's like, yeah, there's no way. How are you going to stop them? Sure, not sure what I can do about that. I also and and Banner's already taken himself out of the board. Yeah, basically, exactly. I, like, I like okay, that even too much. even um, Natasha comes around on you know Steve's point of view because I, yeah. I found it. She and Steve obviously have such a good working relationship that it's always <laughs> been you know I I always found it a little weird that she sort of you know, that she would side with Tony rather mm-hmm. than him mm-hmm. based on their characters in the movies. Um, Cause she certainly <laughs> likes Cap a lot more than she likes Tony. I oh, would yeah, say. She yeah. Has, yeah. There's no love lost between her and Tony. Although they've known each other for a long time. So I don't yeah. think they're, but they're she does acrimonious per se. No, but, but she's, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. It, it struck me as odd that she would pick that side, but of course then she ultimately lets, mm-hmm. lets Cap and Bucky go. Um, she's yeah. She basically switches sides. And sort of gets off with a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so that brings us to Black Panther. Who I love Black Panther. Is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so the scene we're talking about is like she's shooting him, <laughs> literally <keeps> shooting <laughs> yes, him to stop him, like cat getting the Quinjet. Like they've got the ball on the like they've they finally got the, the captured the flag basically, uh, and Bucky and Cap are taking off on the Quinjet, and uh, Black Panther is about to capture them. And she stops him. And after the Quinjet takes off, what is it? Black Panther doesn't even, he doesn't attack her anymore. He's just yeah. angry. Well, he's, because yeah. his objective is gone. That's right. what I love about this character. It's like, this is what I'm trying to do. And I'm yeah, just he's got focused that one on thing that. He's trying I'm to do. not, he's focused not on here that. to hurt anybody. I'm not here to do anything. I want to get this guy well, and I... make him pay. I, yeah. I am here to hurt one person. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. But not anybody else. It's like, he doesn't, He's not there to hit hurt innocent people. He's not well, there. Well, he doesn't to... spend any. I mean, Hawkeye shoots an exploding thing in his face, and he doesn't spend any time beating him up. He just kind of keeps moving, you know. Right. Yeah. Um. I I really think Chadwick Boseman <coughs> is fantastic here, and I I like the suit. I like the interplay. Like he's also kind of like above everything, right? Like yeah, that that's scene. what I mean. Yeah. yeah, they're locked in the back of the car. First of all, he gives up right when he could easily get away. Um. He gives up, and then he's got the like. Sam's got the like. Ah, oh, so like you're really into cats, huh? <laughs> and he doesn't even really engage with that, right? He's just like, yeah. dude, I'm the Black Panther. That, um, was, another, that was another great moment when they take uh, they take Cap Shield and and uh, Sam's pack, and they say, and they give him a receipt, and it yeah. says like bird costume. It's <laughs> <laughs> like bird costume. Come on. Uh, um. And yeah, and then the uh, later on during the airport fight when uh, Spider Man shows up, everybody's got a gimmick now. <laughs> um, but I like, I, and my it was interesting. My girlfriend's favorite part of the movie when we saw it was the last scene with um, so you know, Zemo convinces them to fight each other and then is basically going to commit suicide after it's revealed his you know, his whole family died at Sokovia. Um, and, and Zemo killed uh. To T'Chaka, like the right, Black yeah. Panther's father, yeah. and and yet T'Challa is gets to like step in and be like, no, I'm not gonna let you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and a lot of times a lot of movies you know the trope sort of would be the guy gets to shoot themselves before the hero can stop them right because right, that way we right. get the villain the villain you know pays quote unquote and the hero gets to look blameless for like not killing right. them right um and so in this case we get it you know subverted because he instead basically stops him from killing himself and says like i'm not going to let myself get consumed by vengeance because i've seen where that goes and it's it's bad news um and he's so he's basically just like he's like way smarter than everybody else in this movie he's the actual only hero in this movie yeah yeah i could agree with that (laughs) because he well so he's after the guy that killed his dad right figures it all out uh he totally does a boba fett move and follows tony stark yeah like Tony, so Tony goes to the raft, the prison, interviews people, figures out where um, Cap and Bucky have gone, and T'Challa is just there, hanging out, waiting for him to to, to follow him, because he knows that you know the best way to find Cap is just follow this idiot Tony around until he goes and gets him. Right. Uh, then, when he gets there, realizes that Bucky isn't really to blame. And rather than getting involved in that stupid, not stupid fight, but that, that fight. He switches, the, uh, he switches to chasing the other person. The person he switches to realizes chasing the guy that's actually responsible still, for it. He still, he still has exactly the same motivation. Yes. Yeah. Just get the guy that did it. Get right. the guy that did it. And he figures it out by himself. Nobody tells him anything. Nobody helps him, really. Yeah, he's maybe kind of on his maybe own. Maybe on the tarmac yeah, they yeah. help him, but he's, it's, he's, got his own, he's got his own story thread going through this whole yeah. thing. And, and he's just, awesome. it, it, it happens to intersect with the rest of it. And at the end of the movie, he, uh, he helps out Bucky, who's the guy that he was, you know, basically chasing the whole time. Yeah, right. Right. So yeah. I like yeah. this guy. He's, he's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Looking um, forward to a movie. I, I'm sure it was probably a, a poignant moment for you guys as well as me, but like uh, uh, having uh, Agent Carter pass away. Yeah. yeah in this movie uh, i was kind of hoping that's i mean like part of me was like oh well it's okay because you know we can she's still, still go and back still fill. alive in the 40s yeah you can backfill all that stuff but at the same time that show is i believe currently sort of yeah, limbo. maybe not getting renewed unfortunately so maybe that is the last that we see of peggy carter which makes me really sad yeah well did we we didn't see her she didn't actually appear she died off screen oh right? maybe maybe she's not yeah. dead is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no, no, ninety-year-old no, no. Peggy Carter still out there. No, no, she's she's inject she her with the super soldier serum. Yeah, she got taken back Give to the Kree collective from Steve. Yeah, that would have been yeah. pretty badass. Yeah, no, I and the, I, and the romance, yeah. the romance between him and um, Sharon is good. I see a lot of people have got it sort of critical about that. I think about like, oh, he's sort of macking on his old love's great niece. It's like, what's he supposed to do? I mean, it's like, I mean, know. yeah, he's got to move on, right? And he's he is what he is now, right? I mean, like it's not like he can like start trolling the uh, <laughs> the Octogenarian ward. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, more that would be creepier. Imagine, hey, how are you hey, doing? Looking for some age appropriate. <laughs> well, I thought it was. I thought it was nice that we don't. I mean, like, so basically they get taken by surprise when Sharon steps up at the funeral, right? Like, yeah, because Sam's like nudging him, like, huh? hey? 
Uh, and so, like, he doesn't know, you know. And <laughs> they, they've already, yeah, they've already had sort of a thing. Although apparently, never because when they when they kiss for the first time, yeah, another great sight gag. Because I I was leaned over to my girlfriend. I'm like, "Where's the reaction shot?" Because I knew we were going to have the reaction shot, <laughs> and it was everything I hoped for. It paid off. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like he's supposed to like not date this girl that he was actually like the first girl he's been interested in in like 50 years because. Yeah. She's the great niece, and she he didn't know that. Eh, that doesn't seem particularly. Nah. Did he fun. ever even kiss Peggy? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the first that, movie. just that one time though, right when he's jumping from the the, the truck, the car, yeah. to uh, onto the the big flying oh, fortress right. thing. Yeah. Right. Was it? Yeah. So. And then it, he got yeah. froze. Yeah. I mean, I I totally believe he really loved her and had a thing for each other but uh that's not what a relationship is built on <laughs> no <laughs> kisses from no. jeeps no well you know when i'm done with my morning drinking sometimes i kiss somebody and but it's not really it's not a huge i <laughs> mean you try to jump in the, from, in the alley and you yeah. jump from a jump Usually from a just jeep means i end up in the in, in the drunk tank so i like that you jump from a jeep but the jeep is stationary not, not yeah, going anywhere totally stationary. <laughs> <laughs> and I freeze only because it's, I break my leg like in the a, corner. That sounds like an arrow yeah. stunt, like you know, like one of those gratuitous, gratuitous arrow stunt. Uh, you know what? I like Hawkeye a lot in this. Yeah, he doesn't get as much time as um, yeah, he's in all right. Avengers: Age yeah. of Ultron. No, but I like his. Um, I like that he looks out for Wanda. I wish Wanda had more room to breathe. But uh, yeah, it's a big movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. it is. But Hawkeye showing up and facing down the Vision is kind of bananas like the, the power differential there that, yes kind right, of right. The roof, right? So, yeah that i like that he goes into it basically knowing he has to fight quote-unquote dirty mm-hmm. um and even then it doesn't particularly work out <laughs> right no which is a total hawkeye thing yep <laughs> it's kind of perfect I, i'll do i did enjoy uh during the airport fight i don't think we've met i'm clint i don't care yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um that's why i like black Panther so much he just i i'm just i gotta get that guy like he doesn't even i'm I, not here to have fun i've been I'm here re- to get that guy <laughs> i've read it. a bunch uh over the last year or so i read a bunch of uh christopher priest run of black panther which i think is from the early 2000s um which is a, a pretty good run um and although it's very interesting because it kind of em, em, embodies this aspect we're talking about with him because in that one he he's you know He's sort of, uh, he's sort of, you know, a, a member of the Avengers, ostensibly. Um, but at one point, like, somebody reveals that he's just there to sort of keep an eye on them. And they're all like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty good, you know, bluff or whatever. And he's like, nope, that's actually true. I don't really trust you guys. I'm just here to keep an eye on you because I think you could screw everything up. And they're like, oh, oh, uh, awkward. Um, that just makes total sense. He's just, yeah. he's super, in that one, he's also, like, much more of a strategist, um, and I think someone pointed out, and I was reading, uh, you know. He's one of the smartest guys in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, like right. He's, and like, the, way up there. Yeah. I was reading, a, someone wrote a piece, uh, I think it was over on Kotaku, about, like, what they get right about him in this film, and he's like, yeah, he's not quite the strategist that we see in the later run, but he's also a lot younger than he's depicted there, mm-hmm. so we're mm-hmm. kind of seeing him getting his footing, right? Like, we see him just at the moment that he takes the mantle because his father has died, um, yeah. and so... There's a lot more room for him to grow, and he is, you know, I, I like. I think someone po- posted online a thing that that the actor Chadwick Boseman said about like I wasn't even thinking about the Black Panther thing. I'm just thinking about this guy who's like, 
he's become the ruler of this super advanced African, you know, nation that's the you know most technologically advanced thing in the world. How often do you get to do that, right? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty sweet point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to do with that character, and I'm actually super excited for his standalone. Yeah, well, um, like I said, he's the most effective guy in the movie. Like, he's got an objective and he follows it, and he he ends up victorious. He gets he gets his guy, right? Yeah. Stops him from killing himself, captures the bad guy. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. The only person that actually wins this movie is Black Panther. Right. Or, I mean, maybe Cap, because he beats the crap out of Tony. <laughs> um, yeah. Always fun. Yeah. So anyway, I get this. It's, yeah. Thumbs I get up the sense if you haven't that, seen it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you haven't seen it. If you seen haven't it, seen it and you've <laughs> listened to all this, you just ruined it. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for talking about superheroes, guys. Yeah, never do that. That's what we do. 